Okay, so highlights from a quite ridiculous afternoon. Rich, which one are you going to choose? Is it Anthony Martial having four players around him and Gabriela Jesus basically chopping him down from behind? Is it Luke Shaw going on a mazy run and scoring after a wonderful piece of work by Dean Henderson? Or is it actually Eric Bailly replying to Harry Maguire's tweet <laughs> with the following sentence? Top performance, Captain. You have a big head. <laughs> 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 we should all we should all be more like Eric Bailly, shouldn't we? Just generally. Didn't even play man of the match performance. Things you absolutely have to see. Welcome to this week's Red Voices, ladies and gentlemen. So happy to have you here with us for uh, an unprepared pod, an unplanned pod, but still a good podcast nonetheless. Anyway, you've got the company of me, and then it's in him, Richard Can, to enjoy as we discuss Manchester United's surprising two 0 win over Crosstown rival City. And before we get on to the good stuff, let's find out how my co-host is doing. So, Richard, how's tricks? I'm pretty good. It's been a good afternoon. As I as I trumpeted on Twitter, I I, I the kids are at their mums, so I watched you know Liverpool lose at home to Fulham. Then I watched United win at City with with the sound off because I find it less stressful that way. Whilst listen, listening to the uh, listening to Red Men TV on YouTube and then peeking through the carcasses of their sixth consecutive home defeat. Oh, so. <clears throat> As afternoons go, it was a it was it was a well organised and ultimately very um, pleasant one. Yeah, and United uh, women also won today at Lee Sports Village against Villa, and they then did. you've got the under 18s top of the uh, league now at the minute. Is that right? Yep, yep, back top again. Yeah, some fantastic stuff to talk about this weekend. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why we decided to record now, considering that we've just been on the back of three nil nil draws. What be- I mean, we basically had to strike while the iron's hot. Lord knows when we're going to be this happy again, mm. so let's jump straight into it. So after the 0-0 draw against Palace at Selhurst Park in midweek and the current level of form which had seen us draw four out of our last five league games, I think it's fair to say that most of us were feeling a little bit apprehensive about this visit to the Etihad Stadium considering that Manchester City had won 21 consecutive matches and hadn't been behind in the league since November or so. I mean, they've been steamrolling away with the league ever since we started coming into trouble, perhaps back to that shock defeat against Sheffield United back in January. And, you know, regardless of the fact that we're 11 points behind them, you know, we have gained ground on them with this victory today, regardless, you know, the title is theirs essentially already and we're only just gone into March. But that was the only way we were going to beat City today, wasn't it? You know, the way that we started off that match with the, the sharpness of Martial and Rashford being having the confidence to actually try and dribble in front of them and it's a ridiculous decision by Jesus I know he's trying to get the ball back having lost it from the header sorry from the throw-in but wow what a wonderful way to start the match 30 a mere 30 seconds in we're at the penalty spot yeah I was going to say that um in terms of Ollie, you know Ollie, I don't think he should have been under pressure again but, but a lot of the fans were putting him under pressure before this game again but one of the things one of the things that Ollie has in his favour is that his United team are at least very, very good at one thing. And every and every so often every few games along comes a team who, who are too or a coach who's too arrogant to uh prepare his team in a particular way to, to nullify that one thing. Um and I think that's that's kind of what where we are with Guardiola and City. Um and, and it's just amusing that we started the game doing exactly the same things that we did in the the, the league win that the Etihad last year, and got reward again, even quicker. Um, yeah, I mean it was an absolutely it was an absolute brain dead challenge from uh, from 
Jesus. I, I can't really comprehend what what he was thinking of doing. But it was also it was also a really kind of dangerous dribble through the middle by Martial, and, and you know, for all of all of his particularly poor performances in in recent weeks, he was completely on it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and which was which was massively important. The difference between <clears throat> the difference between United winning all those games against the big sides last year and and not scoring much against them this year in a, is in large part due to the fact that Martial has been terrible <laughs> and and last year he was ace and you know he was a big he was a big part of United winning at the Etihad last year and he's been a big part again. Mm, yeah. And again, as we were saying, that that was the way that United were going to win this game today and hope for a little bit of complacency from City themselves. You know, when you're on a run of victories that long and, you know, especially look against the, the game against Wolves in particular last week, you know, teams don't start strongly against City, do they? You know, there is always the fear that they're going to get caught out and they're concerned about getting pressing too high up the pitch and then getting undone and City just pass between the lines and they find their space as they always do and score. And United were brave, which is one thing I really appreciated about the opening exchange of that first half and in, you know, a good chunk of the second half as well, was that we actually pressed high up the pitch and for once didn't make it too easy for City to pass their way through us. Now, obviously, as the first half sort of went on, that became more of an issue. But especially in that first 10 minutes, I thought we were dead on it and did exactly what we needed to do. And, you know, you turn back to the penalty, um, the only way Edison has not saved that is because Bruno's just smacked it so hard. You know, he's done, he's done well yeah. to get down low to it and actually get a hand to it. But the power is what's taken it beyond the keeper there. Great penalty from a player who didn't necessarily have a good game at all, I thought. It was a weird one. Yeah. And it could easily have been 2-0. Luke Shaw suddenly finding the ball not far out from goal and he just hits it straight at Edison. Either side, that's probably 2-0, right? Yeah, and you're talking about the um, the approach. It's interesting that, that United's approach today was... In certainly in the first half was essentially the same pro- approach that people were more critical of at, at Chelsea. In both cases, it was a very, very high intensity start with very high pressing, trying to get the opposition on the back foot um, and give them something to be afraid of um, from the start. You know, whereas whereas the nil nil draw with Chelsea was criticised for and added to another list of supposed conservative approaches at at uh, at big clubs in big games. We did the same thing today, and and won with it, and 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 will will be seen as a very front foot performance. So sometimes the assessment of of the way a team sets up and and approaches a game is very different depending on whether you score the goals or not. Mm. Um, but 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 the the one thing that United did with that early goal, and then with Shaw's chance, and also just with the number of very dangerous counter attacks they had in the first five or ten minutes, I think it really scared City they were immediately on the back foot and immediately aware that we could if they if they gave us too much space if they committed forward too much we could just cut them to shreds on going the other way and once once you're kind of caught in two minds between playing your natural committed um, attacking front foot football but also being worried about conceding at the other end and you bear in mind this like as you said I don't think they've been been behind in a league game since November so this City team haven't had to chase a team down before they haven't had to deal deal psychologically with being behind and being vulnerable for all those months getting the early goal and those early chances was absolutely vital to the kind of the psychological battle of the game Mm. Um, and I think that set United up nicely for the subsequent 70 odd minutes yeah the first half ended up getting 
more uncomfortable as it wore on though right i think the more and more city pushed us back you could see there were spots and areas that city were finding joy in for instance shaw was getting pulled out of position a couple of times and maras was having fun down city's right and our left and there were a couple of occasions where despite the fact that they were getting into good positions they couldn't quite find the final ball and that was the com- the only comfort from that that's uh, first half for me was that City mm. didn't necessarily fashion what I would describe as an excellent opportunity. You know, Morris flashed that ball uh, not too far from goal and Hayes couldn't go up on the end of it. But apart from that, they were mostly reduced to taking pot shots from the edge of the penalty area. Having said that, United didn't do themselves many favours as well as they did do at Stamford Bridge last weekend by just being very, very sloppy when we were breaking. You know, the the pass wasn't right. Our ability to hold up play wasn't that excellent. You know, it feels... It feels annoying. Well, it feels a bit trite to really nail players for performance today because it was a team effort. You know, it's not like we got through because we had some flashes of individual brilliance. We stuck to the game plan and we we executed it well. Having said that, frequently we were found lacking when it was when we were trying to pass the ball out. Now, admittedly, City's press in those sort of instances is very intense and it can be difficult to try and find a spare man and get away quickly, which is what we're so good at. But for instance, today, Fred struggled with that the entire game. Like the amount of times his touch was poor, it felt like they were targeting. And it wouldn't surprise me if Guardiola said, look, put pressure on Fred when he's on the ball. And they were two or three players around him frequently and he just couldn't control it well. He couldn't keep it close to him. And when he did try and pass it out, it was either too soft or completely wayward. Yeah. And we saw it in the Chelsea game as well. One of the side effects of uh, byproducts of, of playing that incredibly high intense press from the start is that players will tire and they'll start to tire very quickly and your your hope when you play that way is always that you um you take advantage when you're on top you score when you when you're playing with that intensity and then you've got something to build on from that point and and obviously today that happened and it was completely inevitable that United would start to drop back would start to not be so incisive would start to be more sloppy because just because when you're when you put a lot of um, energy into something in a short space of time you do just start to regress a little bit in your execution but I, I think you're right Fred particularly did have a, a very difficult half in terms of his his distribution and but then we know that's not something he's particularly good at Fred's contribution to that team really or contribution to United's team really is being one of the most elite pressers in the Premier League and so his key role is to is to win the ball back it's to, it's to close players down, win the ball back in, in important areas, give it to someone else who can then spring the counter-attack really quickly. Um, the problem was, as that half went on, that obviously as United tired and retreated back towards their own box, Fred was receiving the ball on the edge of his box uh, or just, just in advance of that position. And in that situation, if his touch isn't right, if his pass isn't right, then it then plays the team into more trouble than it, it would if that were happening in, on the halfway line or in the opposition's half. So I think you're right. City didn't really actually create much in terms of really clear-cut chances in the rest of the first half, but it was really important from United's perspective that they stayed compact and didn't concede before half-time because then you you can reset a bit, you can recover a bit, and then you can approach the second half with energy. Mm, No, absolutely. And 
going into the second half, now I never mentioned this on commentary today. There were spots where I feel like now I'm reticent to say this and commit to it because I feel like we'll get I'll get let down on this in a matter of days. But I do feel like United are getting better when it comes out of passing out from the press. And considering that we were playing one of the best teams at pressing off the ball, and considering how elite level City are are their off the ball work in terms of running it back when they're tracking people down in possession. I thought we did all right with it today. You know, there were a couple of occasions where Maguire, who I thought had an excellent game for the most part, he was constantly picking out dangerous balls in the final third. He could have passed back to, De- to Hend. Oh, God, did you hear that? I almost went David De Gea. Speaking of which, congratulations yeah. on the Spaniard for uh, the birth of his child with his wife. Um, Dean Henderson now in charge for the next couple of weeks. And seemingly, I would guess, between now and the, and the international break that we've got coming up in a couple of weeks. A pretty straightforward day for him. But speaking of Maguire, lovely touch inside. I guess, you know, one of the things that leading up to the second goal was that Fred was playing a ridiculous lob over to Wambasaka. And I think, like, is that the trade-off? Is it just that because Fred is so elite level at winning the ball back, you have to take into account that his passing, whether he's passing forward or backwards, is just nowhere near good enough. I mean, that to me... I, Maybe I should have been thinking about this a lot longer ago, but I do find myself thinking that's fifty million pounds, <laughs> and the passing range is so limited and poor. And you know, you talk about needing an upgrade. How much money is it going to cost to get an upgrade on that? How much are we going to need to fork out to get an improvement on that? Hopefully, not as much. Anyway, that second goal. Oh, it had me purring. I mean, the best thing about it, Rich, I would say, was that it wasn't an- actually a counter-attack because by the time Henderson throws the ball out, City have got every single player basically set in their original positions. Mm. Yeah, it was just... I mean, it all started from the um, from the throw from Henderson, didn't it? Which it knocked out one of City's defensive lines. You saw that as we as it, the ball was picked up on the left-hand side, Can- Cancelo committed forward to try and win it um, and didn't get there, which then immediately exposed the left back at the left side of the area um city's right back area and really from there they were they were in a lot of trouble and you know Rashford did pretty well to to get it to Shaw and and then Shaw just hit a really nice shot but got a lot of luck because it almost went through two players legs and just sort of p-rolled into the corner so but it was a really nice goal in respect that it felt a bit it felt it felt to me like one of the sort of united games of the of the early 90s with with Schmeichel bowling the ball out half the length of the pitch with with an enormous throw and United just bursting away at teams even if those teams were were set they weren't quite ready they weren't quite in the positions they needed to be in and so as a result City never got to grips with their shape and and, and their defensive roles and it meant, it just meant there was space for Rashford and space for Shaw to to get the shot away and, and talking about Henderson you you were saying about him I I must say I felt an awful lot more comfortable with him in goal today than um, De Gea and I, I don't think you'd have seen De Gea make that throw out that far up the pitch I mean I can't recall De Gea doing that in fact and it, and it was that speed of thinking and the ability to, to throw it that far that really contributed enormously to the goal yeah I mean credit to Shaw for the touch inside I mean Cancelo's absolutely done himself over with the fact that he's tried to press him so high mm. and Shaw's touch there has basically giving him the length of the pitch to run at and Shaw did that a couple of times today in the sense that he just had so much time and space to run in and he actually performed really well I thought attacking wise he's you know he's been much much improved over the last couple of seasons regardless but in particular this year you know I guess the fact that Bruno and Rashford continue to come up with big moments and score goals and assists means that it's going to be one of the two of them for player of the season and most likely Bruno considering that he is quote-unquote the man 
but it's really heartening to see Luke Shaw perform so well and it's not just down to the fact that Alex Tellez is here and he just seems much more motivated you know his fitness is incredible as well you know he managed the full 90 minutes despite taking a bit of a knock in the last sort of third of the game tonight and the finish in particular you know I mentioned it was going through Rodri's legs Edison hasn't got a chance he's hit that so well that was a proper striker's finish from a left back it was excellent because he's dragged it a little he's taking it a little bit further away and they hit it back across goal superb shot And I guess the only real downside of that going after the second goal was that United really probably should have killed it off further. You know, it should have been, it could easily have been three or four nil this afternoon. And I guess, is it wrong to have been greedy? I mean, I guess, you know, winning at the Etihad is old hat when you're only going to Solskjaer, but still. Yeah, I think we take what we got. Um, I think the one that got away was the the Martial chance where he was clearing space about 10 yards from goal and really side-footed the chance straight at or just to the left of Edison, it was a really simple save. That that was the one that 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 was disappointing. Apart from that, I, I think we have to be content with what we got, and also the way that United held on to that lead. Didn't <clears throat> there were a couple of occasions when City could have could have scored. There was one when I think Sterling missed his kick when he was about four yards from goal, and a couple of other sort of dangerous crosses and and, and shots across goal, but nothing that that really tested Henderson and, and and generally I think United defended really really well as a team and, and you know we t- we've talked about we talked about Fred's failings but again he's he's excellent in that in that role and, and having McTominay next to him as well meant that we had a very mobile very um, more tactically disciplined um, and defensively aware midfield than we would have had with a different combination. Mm. Speaking about Martial, I mean, a goal was the only thing missing today, right? You know, there was the cross that was deflected from Fernandes. I think it comes off uh, either Cancelo or Rodri, and it's just high up in the air. And it seems like perhaps he's either taking his eye off the ball just as it's looping down on top of him, or he slips but barely gets any power on the header from the right side. And that should really be on target and 3 0. But now I thought his hold up play, I mean, we talk, when we talk about Anthony Martial, and we talk about players playing through the middle for United. You know, it's something that we've critiqued and um, complimented Cavani on because it's been a while since we've had a sort of player like that in the team. You know, such a sort of, you know, maybe apart from Lukaku, but we've had a elite level player at that, in that position. And you see how good he is at bringing other people into the game and his hold up play and his awareness of what's going on around him. And when Martial can play like that, even if he's not scoring, he offers so much to the team. And it was several occasions where he was holding off players, making little pirouettes to try and get out of pressure and the press and running at City's defence. And yeah, that, that second chance where he's just hit it to Edison's near side, where he really should be going over to the left to score and make and basically kill the game off, was disappointing. And again, I guess, guess that just comes with more confidence, but... You know, one thing that Carl Anker mentioned tonight was uh, Solskjaer's management of him. Now, he's been very clear to not publicly criticise Martial, and I think that's one thing that is particularly notable when it comes to Solskjaer and his ability to try and get the best out of these players. You know, he recognises Martial's being in a slump, and he's had a really... He's struggled this season a lot, hasn't he, in comparison with last Mm. year, where it felt like a lot of pieces finally came together. So yeah, as Carl mentioned, never publicly criticised him, uses his nickname to reinforce the bond, and when asked about his form, he always brought it back to the collective. And yeah, when you've got a manager that is in your corner to that level, even when he knows you're not playing well, that must really help you when you're having dark moments. Yeah, I mean, we've we've spoken about Martial before, we spoke on the last pod about it. He's such a confidence player, he doesn't have the 
the mindset of a Bruno or a Rashford, which is no matter how badly they're, they're doing, they still retain the same faith in their own abilities to, to pull things off and they keep doing the same things. Whereas Martial, you kind of feel like the first thing that happens in the game to him shapes the rest of his game. And I think what we saw today was his first real contribution to the game was winning a penalty that United scored from. And I think his confidence grew from there. And I don't I don't think he 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 was even at full confidence by <clears throat> by the end of the game, as you saw with that that finish. I think he, he was still snatched at that finish in a way that he had, he wouldn't necessarily do if he was more confident. But you see the difference between a confident Martial and a more coy, timid Martial when he's not when he's not feeling it, and that is a problem for United. It's not an excuse because you want players with stronger mentality, and to have a player who's so linked, whose form is so linked to his confidence, is can be a problem, and it has been a problem this season. It probably it wasn't so much of a problem last season, but we also have to remember that right before our game, we saw a Liverpool side lose their sixth home game in a row. Sorry, Rich, you know, I, I must have got something in my ear there. What was that? How many games in a row? <laughs> Apparently it's six. Apparently they've lost six home games in a row. It's a lot of home games in a row, Rich. But watching it, you, you're seeing a team. And I know there are some changes today, and the, the centre back's different. But but the whole team has not been performing the same. You're seeing a team, which for the last two years has been absolutely elite. It's been the clutch of clutch teams for two years. That is now devoid of confidence and literally can't score a goal at home against anyone. And has lost consecutive games to relegation-threatened teams at Anfield. That's the power of confidence, and I think that is the difference between a really effective Martial, which we saw today, and a, and a Martial who almost hides um, and stops stops making runs. I don't think it's because he's lazy. I don't think it's an attitude thing. I think it's a I think it's a psychological thing where he just stops moving and and almost doesn't want the ball when he's when he's he's not feeling you know confident in himself. Mm. Um, but there was there was one wonderful moment today, wasn't there? I, I'm not sure if you, you remember it, but it was um, in the second half when he received the ball, quite a difficult ball to take with his with his facing United's goal, City player right on his back, um, it, it just in and around the centre circle, and he took he took the ball and basically turned the defender and left the defender just rooted and powered away from him and made about 20 25 yards before anybody got near him mm-hmm. and that's the kind that's the martial that you you want to see you know the martial that's that's strong can can hold the ball up can dribble you know can can finish as well but but in that situation he can be such a dangerous a dangerous player to play against and the other thing that martial should be is he's much more of a mobile striker than than you'd otherwise expect and so he should be harder to mark he should be mm. he should drag teams out of position and, and offer more in different positions and I think we saw that today whereas we haven't seen it in in well we have not seen it much all season to be honest yeah and I think you know we're talking about Martial as a person and a confidence player I can imagine that he felt not slighted but certainly shaken by how well Cavani's taken to life at United for the most part, right? I, th- I think there's there's a certain complex that comes into play when you see a man of his calibre coming into the team and playing as well as he was and, you know, cajoling the team and encouraging them and scoring goals and helping out and doing things in a fashion that Martial just isn't typically going to do, you know, in terms of making those runs across the six-yard box and, you know, the more predatory finishes. And I, I that 
might mess you up a little bit. I get it. And I think yeah, there is an argument to say that this is sort of a bit more of the you know quote unquote mental fortitude that you would want from a, a United player who's trying to force his way into the team to become the main man through the middle. And maybe we'll get that a little bit more as the next season comes up and we'll start to see the Martial that we saw last year. Who knows? But you know that was the performance that the team needed and he definitely needed. So it was very encouraging to see. I mean, beyond that, not a hell of a lot more to say in terms of just how good a performance that was. You know, Rodri hit the bar not long before we got our second, and there were signs on a couple of occasions that City could do some damage. But you mentioned there wasn't necessarily a massive save for Henderson to make during that whole game. You know, there were a couple of great crosses towards Sterling. I think Victor Lindelof does an incredible job to put Sterling off for the first one. And the second, Lindelof actually falls over, makes it easier for Sterling, and he still heads the ball close to the flipping corner flag than the goal remarkable stuff for Reeves Sterling to basically avoid scoring again but no I mean a, a great occasion to go over to City and win our third consecutive game at the Etihad under Solskjaer you know it, it considering how difficult games against them have been over the last 10 years the fact that we're on this little mini run even if we can't really buy a win at home against them for love nor money it's comforting yeah and, and even though we know pretty much where the league title is going based on how our form has been over the last five or six weeks. It's good to know that that United still exists this season. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in this uh, last 16 tie against AC Milan or the FA Cup. Is it quarter, it's quarterfinal now, isn't it, against Leicester City yeah, coming yeah. up towards the end of the month? But there's still plenty to play for. You know, we, we're hoping to get Paul Pogba back soon, which will hopefully transform that midfield, which is looking leggy. And when Bruno is not playing well, and he did not play well today to me, I thought... The amount of times he was trying little flicks over the top over the top of the defence to try and get through to Martial and Rashford, I don't mm. think it came off once. And his decision making and his range of passing was terrible at times today. I mean, we're saying that as a guy who is basically our player of the season. If we're talking about high standards, it just wasn't there today. And he still scored a penalty and was still hugely vital for us because that's just what Bruno does, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't play well for eighty percent of most games. His problem has been that in the bigger games, he he doesn't play well for most of them and. You know, by his own standards, he he was, you know, well below where he should be today. But but the reality is that, as should be the case, other players stepped up. You know, when he wasn't, and that needs to happen if if we're going to, you know, kind of disprove this this slight from journo's or opposition fans or whatever that we're a one man team. And I don't mind admitting that at times last season, particularly, we were a one man team um, in that second half of the season, but. It's comforting to me that you know we, we've seen someone like Shaw stand up. We've seen Martial stand up today. I think Rashford was was very dangerous again. We've seen Tom and, a and Fred really doing what they were supposed to do, and 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 the back four as a whole, and the keeper doing you know having having really good games as well. So it didn't need Bruno to be the the, the super match winner today and do the amazing things because the entire team performed as it should. After the recent run of games, people were getting a bit melodramatic. If I may say, um, and I said it, and I said it at the time, and, and it was all—it was all we're going to get caught for top four. It's all slipping away. The other teams around us are winning. The reality is that we've we've picked up three points there, which is three points that nobody else has got against City in the last four months. And uh, you know, Liverpool have lost again in in another of their supposedly easier fixtures. Chelsea play Everton tomorrow, and obviously Leicester Leicester won. I need to point something out to you in terms of the league table right now. If Arsenal win their game in hand over Liverpool, they will be two. That's two, one, two points behind them in the table. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't surprise me given the run of form, does it? But 
Oh <laughs> God! The... Le- Leeds will be two points behind them as well if they win their games in hand. Oh, this is perfect. Yes, it is. But but it's wins like that that just pushes forward to really sort of consolidate the gains that we've made, or to to regain some of the some of the points that we've we've lost on a few of the sort of chases this week. I mean, you know, Tottenham winning again. Uh, you know, in, in a home game, they should be winning against Palace, but they're winning. And so it's important for United to have maintained the gap over all of these sides, even if even if there's a pretty sizable gap. People seem to veer between extremes, and that, no, really, on football. And, and when we're having a difficult time, it's because Solskjaer's a PE teacher. And when we're doing well, it's because Bruno's great um, and whatever. The reality is that today should remind people, I think, that Solskjaer is... As we've seen this season, Solskjaer is not an elite coach. He's not, I don't think, ever going to pip a Guardiola to the title with this United. With this United, but he he's not an idiot either. No. He's he's at the he's at the very least a good coach. You know that wasn't an accident. He hasn't won three times in um, in succession at the Etihad by accident. I think this is one of those days. And, and you know, we we were saying after about six weeks of the season that we thought. He probably wasn't up to it, so you know we're eating humble pie as well. But this is an, this is another example of where I think he's demonstrating to people that he may not be as good a coach as we want him to be, but he's a much better coach than a lot of people think he is. Well, I'm I'm I'd say I'm eating like a, a size of pie that is between a sliver and a solid slice at the moment in terms of where Solskjaer can do. Because I think the one thing about this City game, as unexpected as it was in terms of the actual result, giving the current form of both of them. We've seen Solskjaer do that before. I think the issue still remains trying to keep things going consistently. Now, in this season in particular, I'm less willing to stick the boot in and be too critical because I just think it's been so difficult for most of the big clubs, let alone ourselves, to really maintain consistency throughout the whole season. You know, tiredness and the mental effect of what we're going through as a people, as a species, is ridiculous. So... You know, in terms of where United are at right now, I'm kind of just taking each day as it comes and each game as it comes and just hoping for a positive outcome. And there's still plenty of good stuff to play for, you know, despite the fact that we had those three success in the little draws, you know, the frustration of the <clears throat> matches that we played since the turn of the year. There's still some good stuff to come. And I still wonder now going into the last half of the season how well it's going to be able to manage it. But, you know, a, a victory like this definitely helps. You know, it reminds you that Solskjaer is not just a glorified custodian of this club in terms of being the manager. And it reminds you that there actually is a good level of effort from these United players that we don't always see sometimes enough of. But given the circumstances and how we're, you know, the, the, the way the team is going about at the minute, the fact that Rashford's carrying an injury, the fact we're missing Pogba, the fact that Martial's been in bad form, and the fact we're missing Cavani as well. Pulling out a 2-0 victory away to the home of the Champions-elect, given where we're at right now, you take it every day. And now it's time for a break, anyway, Rich. We have a small favour to ask, friends. If you're enjoying the show, please help spread the word. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app you use. It's a small thing that helps shows like ours to move up podcast rankings and generate more listeners, and it would be hugely appreciated. Right, Rich, the under-18s are top of the league at the minute. Talk to me about that. They are. Um, the game wasn't on MUTV, so I, I can't lie and say I watched it. Um, oh. As it wasn't watchable. But, we, but, but Liverpool, um, one of the three sides along with City at the top of the table who look capable of winning it and, and United lost last week in a, in a situation where 
they were without something like 18 players who would be eligible to play for the under-18s. He was effectively effectively a team of 14 to 16-year-olds. I forget the boy's name, and that's really bad of me, but there, but, but, uh, there was a 14-year-old who came on who's the youngest player ever to step on, on a pitch for Manchester United's under-18 team. And they actually played pretty well, but they just didn't have the experience or the physicality to close the game out. United had a few players back this time. They pulled a couple down from the under-20s, a couple who were still eligible for the under-18s, but who'd been promoted to the under-23s because they were playing so well. They just pulled them back for this game away at Liverpool. And another another goal from the absolutely absurdly deadly Charlie McNeil was, was the difference between the two teams. He's now scored, I think, six goals in three games against Liverpool this season. And he's running at more than a goal a game so far. I mean, there are quite that we've talked before about the number of players in the academy who are really exciting, and he's certainly one. But we've now we've got two proper proper goal scoring centre forwards in the academy at the moment. One in the under 18s and one in the under 23s. So it's a really exciting time in that regard, and it, it makes it all all the funnier because McNeil absconded from City to. Uh, <laughs> To, to join United, the club he and his family support, and um, every goal he scores, he's puffing the, his chest down, punching the punching the badge. So he's a he's a proper he's a proper United lad as well. So what you mean a dedicated wind up merchant? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but it but but it's good to see the the academy teams really competing at, at the highest level they can again because we've had the under twenty threes marooned in the second division of the uh, Premier League two. And the under-18s have been off the pace for quite some time. But, but the really aggressive um, recruitment drive that United have done in, the, in the, the last probably three years is really, 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 really showing now. And, and, and we've, got, we've got two academy teams who are competitive against anybody, um, depending on obviously who's, who's available. Uh, but they're still competitive, despite the fact that quite a few of the the better players at that level have either been promoted to the first team bubble or or have gone out on loan, mm. um, which is which is pretty impressive to be honest. So I think they're they're certainly exciting or the most exciting times we've had at first team level for quite some time. But they're also the most exciting times we've had at at academy level um, probably probably since the kind of Pogba, <clears throat> Lingard, Ryan Tunnicliffe FA Cup FA Youth <laughs> Cup winning gener- generation bunch. You know, and, and a few that never did anything much like Lionel Cole and Co. But but that was a re- that was a really a group of a group of players who went on to mostly all have very good careers. And we've got another group now who I think the same will be will be true whether whether that's at United or elsewhere. Mm. And United women had a really good victory today against Aston Villa as we returned to Women's Super League action for the first time in three weeks since we got absolutely ruined by Manchester City. Uh, it was a pretty straightforward victory, marred by the fact somewhat that we lost Kristen Presto injury due to a uh, training ground knock that kept her out of the squad altogether. So we started out with Jess Sigsworth going through the middle, I think, for the first her first start of the season, if memory serves. Uh, or at least maybe a second, but definitely not through the centre of attack. Um, and United just dominated this game. It was a very, very straightforward performance. Really professional. First goal scored by Kirsty Hansen looks like a deflection uh, going in the first half. Lucy Staniforth making her first start to the club since she signed uh, from Birmingham City in the summer. Floated in a beautiful free kick from the right-hand side. Great dip straight onto Jess Wigsworth's head for a uh, second goal before the half. 
And then it was a beautiful move for the third. Martha Harris standing in a cross in for Kate Zellam unmarked, two headed from close range. Three now, probably could have been a bit more, but United were in such control. I don't think Mary Earps on her birthday had a single save to make across 90 minutes or any real work to do. Uh, City and Chelsea both winning above us, unfortunately, not long after that, which means that we're still four points off second place Manchester City going into the last batch of fixtures. And we've got a massive game coming up against Arsenal a week on Friday away from home, which will be huge for our European prospects. Uh, We still have a game in hand over them, but only a three point lead should Arsenal win that one. So we really do need to be winning that game or at least not losing it. It's a huge game when we actually get around to it in a little while. But after a really indifferent return to uh, the to first team duties after the start of this year, it was good to see United get a really professional victory. Right, Rich, uh, just having a look at AC Milan's form as we switch back to Europa League duty in midweek, they seem to have lost a fair few big games since the turn of the year. So we're looking at uh, defeats to Inter Milan, both in the Coppa Italia and in Serie A. Let's see, what else they've lost? They've lost to Juventus in Serie A as well around the start of the year. Uh, they scraped by Zverena... Ziv- sorry, I know it. Kavrena Zvezda... Vezda, sorry. Uh, in the Euro- Red Star Belgrade, isn't it? Is it Red Star Belgrade? Oh, fuck off, is it Red Star Belgrade? God damn it. It absolutely is Red Star Belgrade. Google have absolutely <laughs> ruined me there. That is absolutely appalling. How dare you? Um, and they got through on that tie. I wasn't aware of this. On away goals. Yeah, although it's slightly deceptive in that they were playing against 10 men in both legs and conceded relatively late in, in one of them. But Milan are a very good, good team, but I think that the issue they've had, having seen them quite a lot of the season, is that their squad isn't particularly deep. And so when they when they lose key players, they, they're not necessarily able to cope. But having said that, they won at Roma at the end of February. They've won away at Verona today, which... It may not sound that impressive, but Verona have got one of the best defensive records in Serie A and are actually having a really good season. Yeah, and our boy so, Diogo scored the second goal as well. He did. They are a good side. They're a good side. It's just a case of how stretched they are and how stretched we are, really. And I, I think it will be a far more competitive tie, perhaps, than some people are imagining. They have dropped off a little bit since Christmas, but they seem to be picking up again and doing reasonably well. So it will be a really interesting, interesting game. And it'll be interesting to see how strong they go and how strong we go um i mean if we've got van der beek wasn't even on the bench today was he you know i think the we are looking a little bit light in terms of options so you would imagine considering that james played the entirety of the game today you'd imagine greenwood's in line for a start and then martial might come out with cavani potentially starting if he's fit and available and then rashford came off with that knock today uh with the knock on his ankle so who knows if he's actually mm. going to be available i mean there's there's some decisions for Solskjaer to make matic didn't play until late on so i would imagine he'll probably get the start um i mean do you bring Bai back in for that game and get a little of a break with his back do you i mean henderson's going to be yes. in goal that's a given um other than that i guess there's there's about four or five changes you can make but the spine of that side has probably got to stay pretty much the same right yeah, I mean, it really depends how much he wants to win it. And I, I get the impression that he really does want to win the Europa League. Now, whether that's wise or not, we can only judge at the end of the season. But as we saw in the second leg of the the, the last round, even at 4-0, he was keen to make sure United had enough to to get them through that game. I think I think Bayer will definitely play. I, I would expect Tellez to play as well. I'm not convinced he will, but he could risk Williams and two and Zerbe. I don't think he will. Probably see Matic come back. Greenwood, maybe one or two other changes, but I'd be really surprised given the players who are out, if Bruno didn't start again, obviously Martial, if Cavani isn't 
available, we'll have to start again. Well, I mean, with with Mata and Van der Beek not really available at the moment, there's not really much of a choice. I mean, I, I would imagine Solskjaer no. would have liked to have given Bruno a few less minutes over the last couple of weeks in games that would have been deemed less important. But with neither of them available, who would be, you know, to a certain extent, the more natural fit to take over from Fernandes in that sort of position, he's just had to keep on flogging him, I guess, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think as well, the, the injury to Hannibal Medjbury was a bit of a blow in that regard. If he hadn't got injured, we would have seen some of him probably in the Europa League game perhaps in in that number 10 position as you say we don't have we don't have any real um, alternative in that position to to play instead of Bruno so Bruno admittedly Bruno wants to play all the time but I think that is that is costing him at the moment you know his performance levels have dipped I expect it to be a a pretty strong side with maybe three or four changes but I, I wouldn't expect any of the big bigger names to be absent if they're fit and mm. okay to play well three days after that we've got the visit of West Ham which will be our last league game now until April so I guess we'll see won't we but how nice after the most recent month of stodge to be celebrating this victory right you know it, it's it's a nice mm. tonic and a good reminder that football can not only mean something during a pandemic season but that United can pull out victories against the big teams in the country when they set things up right. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's it that's it really, isn't it? And and when an opposition manager hasn't got a very coherent plan to deal with our strength. You know, we showed again we showed again today that we've got good enough players to really take anyone apart if they're not if they're not prepared for us. Hmm. Good stuff. Right, Rich. Uh anything else to add before we finish off? No, I think we've I think we've covered absolutely everything on this this wondrous day. Fantastic. Let's put it in the books. Guys, thank you very much for listening this week and indeed every other week. But don't forget you can always get us during the week should you so wish. You can get us on Twitter, you can get Rich at Rich Red Voices, me at you and like this, and the pod at Red Voices M U F C. You can find our blog at redvoices.net. And as we've mentioned countless times before, any subscriptions or ratings or reviews that you can leave on apps such as the Apple Podcast app, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, anything really would be hugely appreciated and very much welcome indeed. Have yourselves a great week. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye.